What does God want? Repentance of my life. If you're here tonight, you've done something in your life that needs to be taken care of tonight, you better take care of it. How do I do that? By repenting. By repenting of my sin. And saying, Lord, forgive me from robbing you, from doing this, from doing that. Whatever I've done, Lord, please forgive me. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's message continues our series in the book of Acts, and we're glad you've joined us. Considering the self-destructive choices of two early believers, Raul will urge us to steer clear of spiritual hypocrisy in our walk of faith. Stay with us for a challenge to choose transparency with God. Responding to His Holy Spirit's conviction if we've ever attempted to cover up sin and need to repent. Let's join Raul Reese now for today's study. Acts chapter 5. In 1 Peter it said 417, says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. I read that scripture because what we're going to be dealing with is Christians, the church. You know, Satan has been so unsuccessful in his attempts to thwart the message of the resurrection by attacking the church from without, so attack it from within. We see that. And yet, sometimes subtraction is better than addition in the church. Imagine how the early church must have felt at this particular moment. The Holy Spirit has come upon the church. 120 were baptized That day, 3,000, 5,000 people got saved. All of a sudden, the Lord began to add to the church, and the church began to grow out of control. George MacDonald wrote, Half of the misery in the world comes from trying to look instead of trying to be what one is not. You think how people want to be somebody else instead of being imitators of Jesus Christ, the Bible says. There's two people that I want to talk to you a little bit about here. Ananias and Sapphira, husband and wife team. The early church came to a place where material things didn't really mean anything to them. There was one heart, one gift that was given to each one of them. And what they wanted to see is the growth of the church. And he starts out, if you notice in verse 1 of Acts 5.1 he says, But a certain man by the name of Ananias, his name is Yahweh, has been gracious. Imagine that. God has been gracious to me. Sapphira was his wife. It means beautiful. She must have been beautiful, beautiful woman. Her name is beautiful. And yet her heart was ugly with sin. And so was his heart full of darkness and sin. Now these are not non-believers. These are Christians. Christians that have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. They were very wealthy. They had some land that they sold to make more money for themselves. 
And what's incredible is that giving to God, Jesus made very clear that we must be careful how to give, not to bring attention to ourselves, nor never to rob God of what is given to us. Malachi 2, 8 through 10. Matthew chapter 6, 1 through 4, and then 19 to 34. I guess one of the great sins that we have in chapter 5 is saying that you're giving so much to the Lord, but you're keeping things back for yourself and not being honest with God. Not really giving to God what belongs to God. And Ananias and Sapphira could have supported the whole church, but they didn't. They were greedy. They were liars. And yet they saw the needs of the people, and they said in the Bible studies, they said among the apostles, and yet they never, never were honest. They were always lying. And they worked out something you'll see in a moment. Because it says in verse 2, and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of that, notice his wife, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Pretending that they were going to give all to God. Hypocrisy. The sin of hypocrisy. I guess when I was reading verse 2, it really spoke to me. Because trying to make people not only think that we're spiritual, but we really are not spiritual. We're really coming against God's word. Against the things that God has proclaimed to us. And he said to us that we must do those things. And yet we don't do them. Because we think that we're not really going to be caught. In what we're doing. God doesn't really mind. It's just between you and me. As Sapphira and Ananias. My wife only knows this. Ananias and Sapphira. We need to be careful of that. And yet standing back, making a deal with his wife, you'll see in a moment, goes back again, look what he says. They were coming in, notice the proceeds, aware and brought a certain part of it, laid it at the apostles' feet, pretending they were humble, pretending they were givers. And then Peter, verse 3, and Peter said to Ananias, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? Do to the Holy Spirit. Wow. Why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? Peter confronted him. Peter was God's instrument that he used to point out the sin that Ananias and Sapphira were committing in their lives. And we need to understand we should never stand behind anyone that is in sin. Not one person of your family or outside of your family. Because Peter goes on to say, notice... And Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? You notice who made him lie? Satan. Satan, his character, he's a deceiver. He's a father of lies. He's an adversary. He's a tempter. That's Satan. And Satan, not only that, but when God judged Satan, remember, he was letting him know when he got kicked out of heaven, he was deceiving. And he came to deceive Adam and Eve, their first parents. They were deceived by Satan. Here, Satan used Ananias and Sapphira to become hypocrites and to lie to the Holy Spirit. To lie to the Holy Spirit. Oh yes, we give all to God. Oh yes. You look at me, I'm a giver. I do this, I do that. That's I have to be just giving. 
It could be anything in your life. And then he said this. He says, why has Satan filled your heart to like to the Holy Spirit? And keep notice, back part of the praise of the land for yourself. You see, Peter had a word of knowledge. He didn't know nothing about selling the land. He says, why is it that you sold your land, you went to your account, you put all this money in, and then you take this money and you give it to us when you really didn't mean to give what God told you to give? You thought you would gain more money. But now God's going to take it all away from you, including your life. So we have to come to that place and say, am I being honest with God? If I'm honest with God, I will be honest with people. I will be honest with people. Because Peter goes on to say, verse 4, Well, the remain was it not your own? I mean, didn't you own it? I mean, God didn't want you to give anything. You could do whatever you wanted with your money. He says, but after it was sold, was it not in your own control? I mean, you control your money. You make checks out. You go to the bank. You withdraw. You put in whatever you want to do. It's your money. But a lot of times what we forget about is who gave you that money. Well, you said, my boss, well, who gave the money to your boss? God is the one that gives. God is the one that takes away. And here Peter is confronting this man because he's like to the Holy Spirit, he says. He says, why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Notice that Martha, in your heart. The heart is deceitful, desperately wicked. Who could know it? I, the Lord, know my heart and your heart. And then he says this. You have not lied to man, but to God. Listen, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. That's what he's saying here. The sin you have committed, lying to God, being a hypocrite, pretending to be something that you're not, giving anything to God which really you don't really mean to give to him, but you have already stored other things for yourself. And you're saying, all that I have, I give to God. Really? Be careful of that. Be careful that what you say you mean. Especially when it comes to the things of God. The question, why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. You can lie to men, but you can't lie to God. No possible way. And then it says, and Ananias hearing these words, he hears his words. Immediately he gets slain in the spirit. Boom. No, he drops dead. He breathed his last. He's standing there. He just talked to Peter. Peter received a word of knowledge. Peter spoke to him and said, this is what you did. This was going to happen to you. And it says, in Ananias, hearing these words, he fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. Whoa. <laughs> Man, I'm going to check my life out. Everybody was blown away. Man. Man, God killed this guy. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. For resources to help you walk with God in faith, call 800-634-9165 or visit somebodylovesyou.com. You can also email Raul with your prayer request and Bible questions. His address is pastorraul at somebodylovesyou.com. Now back to more with Raul Reese and the final part of today's lesson. 
And how many times the Lord has spoken to us, and he says, okay, you want to do that? Okay, go ahead, but I'm going to show you the consequences. And when he shows you the consequences, he says, whoa, you know what, Lord, I changed my mind. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to obey you. He says, all right, great. But when you step out and do something that you know is not right, then like an indice as a fire, you're going to get chastened by the Lord. You might not die, but you will get chastened by the Lord. Nobody gets away with sin. Nobody, including me, nobody. And that's why this lesson is so important in chapter 5 of the book of Acts. He goes on and he says, And the young men got up, they wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. In Israel, they bury the same day you die, to the present time. They don't wait three or four days or a week or two weeks. They don't do that. Same day, they bury the person. So they came in, they wrapped him up, they took him out and buried him. So it's interesting that all these things are moving ahead. Verse 7. And now at about three hours later, notice, when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Now let me stop for a second here. It was about three hours later. I really believe that God gave her three hours to repent before she came in. She had the Holy Spirit. She agreed with her husband. She went her way to come back later. He went first. She comes in second. Three hours later, when his wife came in, the Holy Spirit must have spoke to her. But she didn't listen. Not knowing what had happened to her husband. What did God want? Repentance. What does God want? Repentance of my life. If you're here tonight, those watching through the internet, You've done something in your life that needs to be taken care of tonight. You better take care of it. How do I do that? By repenting. By repenting of my sin. And saying, Lord, forgive me for robbing you, from doing this, from doing that. Whatever I've done, Lord, please forgive me. He goes on, verse 8. And then Peter answered her. Again, here's a question. Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes. Whoa. Now the Holy Spirit says, whoa, whoa, whoa. I warned you. Yes for so much. A wife that not only backs up her husband in sin, but really doesn't listen to the Holy Spirit. So it's going to cost her her life too. You're gone. And she said, yes for so much. And then Peter said this to her. How is it that you have agreed together? Husband and wife, listen carefully. Don't agree with your wife or your husband if it's not in the Lord. If it's going to cost you your life. If it's going to cost you your home or your car, whatever it is, don't partake of somebody else's sin. Even someone in the family. Be careful. Because God will punish. God will judge. He goes on to say, And then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Now notice what he says, to test the spirit of the Lord. How many times we test the Lord in things that we say and things that we do? He goes on to say this. Look to the feet of those who have buried your husband. They're at the door. Go ahead and look at the door. Listen, they will carry you out too. Can you imagine that? You're standing there, boom, you're gone. Husband and wife now gone. No more. 
And then check this out, the after reaction. And immediately, not next day, not next week, not next month, then immediately she fell down at his feet, breath her last, and the young man came in, found her dead, carried her out, buried her with her husband. Bury her with her husband. I wonder how many of us are like them within the church in our own personal lives. In these days, we don't need any more Ananias and Sapphira's. We need more godly people. Godly people that are not going to compromise with anybody. And say, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We don't care what you do, Joshua 24. Read it, 15 through the end. We are not going to compromise with anybody. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that do? Verse 11. And great fear came upon all the church. Great fear. And upon all who heard these things, immediately the fear of God came when they saw Ananias and Sapphira drop dead, being liars and stealing from God what God had given to them. Hypocrisy. Sin of being a hypocrite. In verse 11, again, so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs, wonders were done among the people. And and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. The church had a meeting where? At the temple. At the temple, they began to preach the disciples one again. Sin had been taken care of. The Lord began to bless. Think of how many homes, churches, are being held back from the blessings of God because of sin in the church. Sin in the home. We got to stand back and look at our lives in such a way and say, Lord, is this lesson for me? Lord, I want to be right with you. I want to be a great grandpa. I want to be a great father. I want to be a great shepherd. And Lord, I know that if I'm living a life of sin, I can't be that. Why? Because I'm a hypocrite. I am a hypocrite. And we can't be hypocrites. Because God will chase us big time. And Ananias and Sapphira got chased by the Lord. He took their lives. They died. We have learned that the spirit-filled man or church not only is used by God, but is multiplied, and God takes those people and uses them in such a way that you can't believe how God will use your life if you're right before the Lord, if you're honest with God. And then we see verse 12 to 42 now, the progression of the church. Because sins out of the church now, yet none of the rest there to join themselves, but the people esteemed them highly. They said, hey, don't go to that church, you'll die. As they began to see that, they said, hey, don't go with these people, this just happened, don't join them. Verse 14, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, mark that. Chapter 2, chapter 4, chapter 5, and the Lord added to the church. Here it says what? Multitudes were men and women. What does that say? It was a revival. A revival again. A revival in chapter 2. A revival now in chapter 5. Because sin is taken care of. The Lord can begin to pour out His Holy Spirit. And God says, I'm going to move through your people. I'm going to move through this church. And we're going to reach a lot of people for Jesus Christ. And that's what happened. But... 
When you do that, listen, persecution will come. Persecution will come. And we'll see that in a moment. Verse 15. So that they brought the sick out into the streets, laid them on the beds and couches, that at least a shadow of Peter passing might fall on some of them and be healed. Imagine that. It wasn't Peter or the shadow. It was the Lord. A multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all healed. At this particular revival, God was healing people and moving in such a powerful way that people thought it was Peter, and it wasn't Peter. It was the Lord. It was the Lord. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which the sect of the Sadducees, they were all filled with indignation. When the Sadducees saw the miracles and the wonders, they became angry. Angry. Because they couldn't do it. But the disciples were doing it because of the Holy Spirit. He says, verse 18, they became jealous. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. In the public jail, they put them in prison. Because they were doing God's work. Persecution comes now. You can't expect people to love you. Everyone to love you. There will be people that will persecute you. There will be people that will have nothing to do with you. Because they see Christ in your life. I mean, you got families that can't stand you because of what's happened in your life. Some people think you're self-righteous. Some people think you're better than them. But the Bible says that when you come to Jesus Christ, he gives you a new nature. All things are passed away. All things become brand new. And as these leaders, religious leaders, saw what God was doing to the disciples, they became jealous and angry. So what does the Lord do? Verse 19. But at nighttime, an angel of the Lord. This is not the angel of the Lord, which is Yahweh, the Lord Jesus Christ. But an angel of the Lord, one of the angels. And the night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Now, check this out. They're in jail. Dark. They have guards outside. As the angel comes, he opens the door. He says, okay, you guys, go. Let's him out. Locks the gate back again. So now, verse 20, they go and stand in the temple. They speak to the people all the words of this life. So they begin to preach. They begin to preach. And then the problem comes, verse 21. And when they heard, when the Sadducees, these leaders... They believed not in the resurrection. And when they heard that they, the apostles, entered the temple early in the morning and were teaching. Notice they were preaching, they were teaching, and they were healing. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together, the Sanhedrin, 72. And with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. They don't really know that they're not in jail anymore. So they told them, go get them, bring them here. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported it. Notice, they thought they have escaped. But the Lord took them out of the prison. Well, if 
you've ever felt conviction from the Holy Spirit about sin in your life, we encourage you to respond with repentance and experience the Lord's forgiveness. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's message is available in its complete form for a donation of $5 or more. If you'd like to get a copy, just call us at 800-634-9165 and mention today's study from Acts chapter 5. We'd also like to tell you about Rawls' four-part series, Further Exploring the Holy Spirit's Role as Your Teacher, Helper, and Guide. Available on both CD and an MP3 flash drive, this study focuses on the unique identity of the Trinity's third member and illuminates what an amazing difference He can make in your life when you choose to surrender and obey. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order all series on the Holy Spirit. We'll send your USB drive for a gift of $12 or the CD collection for $19. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. You can also write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. And be sure to tap into our many free resources. Download our Somebody Loves You app for instant access to digital Bible studies, live stream teaching, an online Bible reading group, and much more. You can also browse our Somebody Loves You radio archives on iTunes and Spotify to download free podcasts. For additional guidance from God's Word, join Rolf for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. This ministry is listener-supported, and we thank you for your partnership. You are a blessing to us, and every gift is tax-deductible. Join us next time as we continue to reflect on more life-giving truth from God's Word. There's nothing we value more than the opportunity to grow with you in wisdom as we study the Bible together. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.